In a world where trust is shattered and darkness looms, one man's journey from betrayal to redemption will captivate your heart. Absolutely. Even if Absolutely. you don't take them. If you have a relative that is a Christian, yes. allow them to take the kids. I like that. Because yeah. it's like, you, you may not want Jesus, but... Thrown into a detention center, he grappled with the harsh reality of being imprisoned mentally and physically. At that moment, I told myself, I'm not going behind bars no more. Betrayed and deceived by the one he trusted most. So now we're about to enter into this part of your life where you're cheated on. It was rough for me. Bought teddy bears for her, flowers. And my heart just got squeezed and beat upon and crushed and stuck. In the depths of his despair, he questioned God's plan. I said, I said, you don't know what just happened to me, Meg. But amidst the darkness, a glimmer of hope emerged. He found solace in the teachings of a higher power. And in that moment, he discovered a new purpose. Out with the old. In with the new. In with the new. The Holy Spirit came inside of me. From being lost to salvation, this is the story of Nick. Coming soon, this summer on July 1st on YouTube and all podcast platforms. Welcome to the Call by God podcast with Andy Godin and myself, Nixon Sylvain. This show is about dialogues of biblical characters and testimonies of Christians who submitted to the will of God. Each week, we'll bring on one guest so that they can share their story of how they were called by God. I hope this show inspires you. Enjoy. Hello, world. Welcome to the Call by God podcast. I'm yours truly, Nixon Sylvain, and I'm here with Sister... Adney Godin. How you doing, my, my blessed sister? I'm doing wonderful, Brother Nick. You a trip. <laughs> um, I'm doing great. God has been extremely wonderful to me, my family, and um, just, you know, knowing that he loves us so much and that he chose us to be on this time side of life is always a blessing because I'm still here. How are you doing this day? I am blessed by the best. God is good. So I'm, I'm so thankful for God's call, uh, God's purpose. So I'm just so thankful. Just even just thinking about Jesus, just thankful for Jesus. You know, um, how, how I like to make it a personal, Adney, when I think about Jesus, you know, when Jesus Christ was on the cross. And I like to make it personal. I said, wow, Christ, he had me in mind uh, when he sacrificed, you know, himself. So although he, yes, he did die for the, the whole world, but I like to make it personal. I say, wow, God, like you thought about me when you was on that cross? Yeah, nigga, I thought about you and also the whole world. So I'm, I'm, I'm thankful just thinking about that. And it just give me a uh, hope that I know that there's a father and a savior that, that loves me. But Adney, I want to do something different. We want to thank number one, our global listeners. So we want to say good morning, good afternoon. And good evening. <laughs> Welcome to the Call by God podcast. So we want to thank you a lot, but we, we want to do something a little different. Uh, we wanted to dive and share a word of wisdom from the word of God. Solomon obviously wrote the, the book of Proverbs. So we want to touch on uh, uh, Proverbs 16, uh, verse 24, uh, and it reads, Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. And Adnia, I, I like this verse. You know, people used to say in the past, I used to hear this when I was a kid, they used to say, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may never hurt me. Um, yes, those words do hurt because words are power. Um, you can't see them, but though they are power, when God created, God spoke and everything became so we too, as humans, we carry that same power, the same words that come out of our mouth. It goes to the heavenly host and it goes to God. So we know that blessings and cursings, cursings can't come out the same mouth. So the same thing, just like you could, you know, in God, you should not curse a person, but you could, you know, give them words of grace, words of blessing. So sweet words, words of encouragement, Adney. So what, what, what is your thoughts on, on this verse? That's what it means to me. I, I remember... <laughs> Being a kid with a sharp tongue 
And um, I didn't care what I said to people. And as I grew up and became a Christian, I realized your words are powerful. And knowing that the words are powerful, I remember me growing up as a child and negativity being poured into me. And I believe that stuff. So, yes. But when you read the word that, that it's like sweet, you know, when you read the word of God, it truly is sweet when it's going down and you're digesting it. it it's it's truly, truly sweet. So I'm learning more to um, encourage, affirm versus decourage, um, discourage, I'm sorry, decourage, discourage people. Uh, I believe in, in the the words that I say to someone to uplift, that's my, those are the words I use to always uplift and encourage. Um, So I went from a a sharp tongue to a tongue that is, that has the word of God in it. So yeah, I, I, I like that. So if you're listening to this, you have a calling, God has a call on your life and just listen to the voice of God because he, he, he's, he considers you special. You are his child. So, Adney, I'm, I'm excited today because uh, we have another guest. Adney, I always tell you, like, I get excited whenever we have these guests because, you know, you, you never know what you're going to get. Every, everybody's story is different, uh, but God calls us. We all get saved the same way, but everybody's call, you know, the way because they, they come from all walks of life, right? So some were brought up in the church, some wasn't. And it just it's just one of those moments when we, we bring our, our guests on. So Adney, I, I I don't know. You wanna? All right, I'm super excited to um, introduce this sister. Um, I met her on a prayer call, and just her story, it, it's it's so powerful. Um, and just her presence itself is is powerful. Just being in in her, the vicinity of 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 this dear sister has has blessed my soul. And she every morning she sends me a, an occur, encouraging text always reminding texts, always reminding me who he is and how I need to conduct myself. So this morning, I would like to introduce to some my dear sister and friend, Sister Rosalind Anderson. Good morning, Sister Roz. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, my sister. And good Good morning, morning, my brother. Yes. Welcome to the Call by God podcast. You know, thank you for joining us. Amen. Sister Roz, I would love it if you would just take a few moments to share with our listeners who you are, what you're about. What is Rosalind Anderson doing and where are you from? Amen. Amen. I am Rosalind Lawanda Anderson. I live in Atlanta, Georgia, and I worship at the Renaissance Church of Christ where Dr. Orpheus Hayward is my minister. I'm a single Christian, faithful, devoted, love the Lord. That's my husband. He's my covering. Um, I've never been married. No kids, no dogs, no cats. I am a cancer warrior. I have been healed of stage three breast cancer going on three years now. I will, I will have my three-year anniversary this November the 15th. I am also an entrepreneur. I have my own home-based business, nutrition, ministry is what I call it. And I am dedicated and um, just surrender my life to God to serve him, to serve him and to also educate others about their body being healed and delivered from all chronic diseases. So that is what I am about today. Oh, Sister Roz, that is so, so good. Just knowing that you just shared with our listeners that you are a cancer warrior. You survived. You made it. So let's get started with your story. Take us to your genesis, your BC. Help us understand who is Rosalind Anderson before Christ and who is Rosalind Anderson after um, coming in contact with Christ? Well, I was born and raised in the project, Delta Manor in Augusta, Georgia. I am the middle child of six siblings. And my mom and dad separated when I was very young. And I can remember when my father walked out of our front door and all I can see was his back 
not knowing that he would never come back again. I can remember that day as if it happened yesterday. And I stood and I watched him fade away. And from that point on, I grew bitterness towards my mom because I felt like she was the reason that my dad left because she was so bossy, as I said, as a child. She, her ways were just so unyielding. And so being a young mother with six children and having to feed them, my mom was, and I realize now she was in her prime of life. She was 30 years old when her um, husband left her. So she had boyfriends after boyfriends, and I remember um, seeing my mom door closed and would hate the fact that she was in there with another man who was not my father. And so one day, one of her boyfriends molested me. And just as soon as it happened, God took that experience away from me. And I was around seven or nine years old. And I tell you, it did not, I didn't have dreams about it. It did not come to me what had happened. But my life, I acted out in my life. I was rebellious. I was stubborn. And my mom couldn't tell me anything. She told me to go left. I went right. She said the sky was blue. I say it's green. So I developed this, this, this hard skin. And because of the molestation, I had a, a dysfunctional de definition of what love was. And so I went out looking for any man or anyone to replace my father to give me love. So I gave, I gave my precious gift away. I gave it away as if it was nothing. Until when I was 24 years old, God called me. I didn't know he was calling me. I used to smoke. I used to smoke cigarettes. I used to smoke marijuana. I used to sell marijuana. My first boyfriend, when I was 16, was a drug dealer. And he gave me my little portion to smoke with my friends. And I did. And I sold some. My little nickel bags, dime bags. And I tell you, I as I look back and I, I think about that girl back then, she was crazy. She was out of control, but she was broken. I didn't know I was broken. The decisions I was making, the, the road I was on was nothing but a downward spiral. And I and then I got to the point I got tired. I said, Lord, it got to be a better life. I, I got tired of the smoke. I got tired of the smell of my clothes. And, you know, I, I just wear silk, you know, and, the, and back then, the marijuana had the seeds in it. It would pop and make holes in my clothes. And I said, you know what? This is not, I got tired of the taste of it, the desire of it. And I, I knew of God, but I didn't know him. And I, 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 my perception of God that I was too bad for him to love me. He couldn't possibly love somebody like me. He couldn't love me. After, I felt like I was the worst thing that was walking on this earth. And so I was working. And I have respect for those who so-called so religious people. And I remember on my job, there was this seven-day Adventist. And I asked, I said, you know, I want to stop. I want to stop smoking, but I don't know how. She said, you know what? God's not going to take the cigarette out of your hand. But you can ask him to take the desire from you. And I tell you, when I prayed that prayer, it wasn't like I, it was weaned from me. Only thing I can remember, I didn't have that desire anymore. I didn't even have a craving. I didn't, it wasn't like, you know, here and there, you smoke here and there. It was gone. It was gone. But I didn't even recognize the power of prayer at that time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so while I'm going through my transformation and God took, he took the smoking away from me. He took the desire of, and then before, before Christ. He took the desire of going to the club. I got tired of seeing the same faces, different places, but the same faces. So he took that from me. He took the taste of alcohol from me. 
But one thing I kept holding on to that that fornication that they call it now. But I, I called it my pleasure. And I would go to church. Sunday was the Lord's Day. Monday through Saturday was my time. I did what I wanted to do. If I came in at 4 o'clock that morning on Sunday morning, I went. I went to church. I went to church. But God was calling me to be the church. And so as I was going through on this road to this new discovery, my sister and I, we would all go together clubbing. But one of my baby sisters, she stopped going. I noticed she stopped going. You know, and I still clubbed and everything. And so I was in nursing school. And I had this friend of mine that I was, she would um, ride with me. And she would talk about her boyfriend all the time. And then one day she confided in me who her boyfriend was. She said, if I tell you who my boyfriend is, don't you tell anybody. Guess what? It was the minister of the Baptist church I was going to. It blew my mind. Now, granted, I'm a sinner. I know I'm a sinner. But you're supposed to be the man of the cloth. You're not supposed to do things like that. So I had a hard time sitting there, listening to this man, and decided I can't do this. I stopped going to church. And my sister, my baby sister, was going to this place. And unbeknown to me, she was having Bible study in our home. They, they were coming to the house while I'm out in the street. And I said, you know what, where are you, where are you going to church, Jackie? I want to go with you because I knew I needed to go somewhere. And then she told me about the Church of Christ. My eyes opened up. God took the scales off of my eyes. And I, I can't remember. I think I only went three times. But when and it was my intention to even be baptized. But I heard something that it was calling me. This is, this, it was like, this is what you've been yearning for. This is what you've been looking for, Rosalind. And I got baptized. No one sat down to have a Bible study with me. I didn't, I never heard of the Church of Christ. And so therefore, after I got baptized, my, there were neighbors who attended the Church of Christ who never talked to me about my Lord and Savior. Cousins who members of the body never said a word to me about the church of Christ. But yet, God said, now is the time for you, Rosalind, to come to me. And so I, I, I went in, I mean, I went in strong. I mean, it was like, it was the biggest, it was to me, it was better than being with a man. Because I was, I was feeling fulfilled like this is what I've been missing in my life but I still held on to wanting that physical touch wanted to have be loved by a physical man I had to learn that God loved me I was still struggling with that and so I'm growing now I'm learning about believing in the one true God and so I was able to meet some other singles. I met a friend from Atlanta. She would come and we'd travel to Augusta and she would travel to single seminars. And so we, one day, um, she came to pick me up from Augusta. We went to Atlanta. I stayed with her for the weekend and we're just a bunch of sisters sitting around. And this one sister started talking about how her father molested her as a child. And boom, the light bulb came on. I said, wait a minute. I was molested. That's what happened to me. It was like God was saying, now, Rosalind, it's time for you to deal with this. It's time for you to be healed from your brokenness. And at this time, Oprah had just came on the scene with Dr. Phil and talking about how to uh, forgive and how to um, reconcile with those who hurt you. And Dr. Phil, and I remember this as it was yesterday, that he said, that person who hurt you, and he taught you how to have that conversation with that person. And so I had to have the conversation with my mom because the man, he was long and gone. And I said, mom, you know, 
This is what happened to me. Not that I'm blaming you for it, but this is the, for my healing. And I didn't get the response that I thought I should have gotten from my mom. And it broke me even more because she felt like I should have told her. I said, well, I, I, can't, I couldn't tell you because when it happened, I didn't remember it any, I mean, not at, not even a glimpse of what happened. I said, it just, it left me. I couldn't remember. It didn't, it's like as if it never happened. I said, but now, but now, the only thing I want you to know what happened and that I don't blame you for it. And I, and I don't blame myself because I was a child. I don't think I, I, what could I have done for this man to take advantage of a seven or nine year old child? Because he knew my vulnerability. He knew I wanted to be loved. But he was broken to do something like that to someone. And so therefore, God delivered me from that. He, he started the healing process. It's a process. He started the healing process to teach me his love. Unconditional love. And so therefore, I, I embraced that. And I learned that my God, truly, I don't have to prove anything to him. He accept me as I am. Oh, Sister Roz, that is just so good. Um, you know, sometimes we... we, we we block out things that happen to us as children. Um, it's a defense mechanism. It's our way of protecting ourselves. And then once we get into that state of healing, it's brought back to our memory. And it's not brought back to our memory to to ruin us. It's brought back to our memory, number one, to deal with the situation. And number two, to share our story, right? Because somebody else out there has dealt with that situation. Um, unfortunately, it, it happens more than we would like, but it happens. So um, what I want you to share with us, because um, what you just shared was very deep and powerful, is your journey in the body, right? Going, you went from sharing what happened and then your healing process. Now you, as a woman of God, working in the body and doing those things that God has called you to do. That's number one. And number two, I want you to share with us the cancer diagnosis and your reaction to the cancer diagnosis and then how you made it through the cancer diagnosis. And... Stay with us. We'll be right back. Thank you for making it midway through this episode. We want to take a moment to sincerely thank each and every one of you who have been supporting our show. Your encouragement and positive feedback mean the world to us. We want to continue to bring you inspiring and thought-provoking content each week, and that's where we need your help. We kindly ask you to support our podcast by clicking on the link provided in the description below. Your support will enable us to grow, reach a wider audience, and continue to produce the quality content you enjoy. We truly appreciate your support and value your contribution to the Call by God podcast. Together, let's inspire and uplift others in their faith journey. Thank you once again for your continued support, and we look forward to bringing you more enlightening episodes in the future. God bless. A Tuesday morning, November the 15th, 2018. Well, let me go back before then. I was um, visiting a friend in Atlanta who had been diagnosed with um, cancer, breast cancer. And, um, well, let me go back from that. Because when I was in Augusta visiting my mom, it was a visit. I went to visit my mom. My visit lasted three years because when I got there, I saw her condition. My mom at the time was 80 years old, taking care of a 59-year-old grown man. She had arthritis in her knees, barely could walk, trying to work. She lost so much weight. 
So I had to, I couldn't leave her. So I made a decision. I'm going to stay here to take care of my mom. So I stayed there. I said, well, let me get me a job then since I'm going to be here um, working, you know, helping my mom. My background is culinary art. And I went to school at La, uh, La Cardon Blue in Tucker, Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia. And I went to um, do my externship in Hawaii for um, six months. I worked on a cruise ship as a um, chef. So I knew how to prepare healthy food for her. And so I'm teaching her, you know, helping her how to eat properly, you know, to get away. And I said, Mom, you need to stop working because this is not good for you. You know, you don't need to work now. So I'm working, taking care of my mom and taking care of my home at the time in Atlanta. And so the job that I was on offered AFLAC. I used to be an AFLAC agent, representative. And AFLAC is a supplement insurance that I think every household should have. And it pays out. You remember the little duck AFLAC commercials? So anyway, I knew the value in that insurance. And I said, if you only can get it through a company. I said, if I ever get an opportunity again, I'm going to get me another policy. And so I got, I wanted a disability policy and I wanted a cancer policy. So I got my cancer policy. She wouldn't, the young lady would not allow me to get the disability policy because she said the company was offering it. I shouldn't insist on getting it, but anyway. Um, so I got the cancer policy in March. I was diagnosed in November of that same year. Exactly six months, because your policy had to be effective in six months before you could use it. So on November the 15th, I was preparing myself to get um, go to work. And I was waiting to hear from the doctor office because I had prior, prior before that, I had a ultrasound and a um, biopsy done on my left breast. Because I had, um, like I said before, I was visiting a friend and because of that um, lump that I found on my breast, she encouraged me to go to the doctor and I did. So the doctor call, office called me and they said, Ms. Anderson, um, I had to be a bearer of bad news, but your results came back and they came back positive. You have stage three breast cancer. I said, okay. Just like I'm talking to you, I say, okay. I say, okay. I say, um, that's the Lord's doing. I say, can you pray with me? She said, sure, sure, I can pray with you. So we say a prayer that I hung up and continued to get dressed and went to work. Not allowing myself to process what was just said to me. So I went to work. I worked at the, um, the mess hall um, at um, the base in Augusta. And I had this manager who everybody had a day with her. So apparently she made that day my day with her. So I'm working. She coming up to me, you know, Miss Anderson, I heard. And when she say, I heard, I went to the roof. I said, don't you come to me with, I heard no mess. And I went so high, I couldn't come down. I said, you know what? I got to go home. I said, before I go home, I'm going to talk to, report you to your manager. So I went pouncing to um, her manager office. And I said, look, I want to report Miss So-and-so to you. I said, any other day I could deal with her. But say, I, today is not the day. I said, maybe because, maybe because I just was told I had stage three breast cancer. That I can't deal with her. And his mouth just dropped. Miss Anderson, Miss Anderson, sit down, Miss Anderson, calm down. He said, Ms. Anderson, can I give you a hug? I said, yeah, I need a hug right about now. I said, but I need to go home because I just cannot do Miss so-and-so today. She said, Miss Anderson, go home, go home, and just, just take it easy. Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll take care of everything. So I went home, and I sat down on my mom's sofa. I said, now, Rosalind, you cannot do that. You cannot go off on people. You're going to have to decide right now how you're going to 
deal with this? How you going to go through this? And at the time, God said, Roslyn, I don't want you to fear. And it was his voice, as if I'm talking to you. I heard him in my spirit. It was like, I don't want you to, I don't want you to be fearful. This is not going to kill you. This is going to be your testimony. He said, I want you to look at Job. I want you to look at David. And I want you to look at Saul, Paul. I want you to look at David. How David, when he prayed for that child to live, and after that child died, he got up and worshipped me. He said, I want you to keep worshipping me. He said, I want you to look at Job. He said, your name was called at the meeting. Job was afflicted, but yet he worshipped me. I don't want you to stop worshipping. So I realized, I said, okay, through this affliction, I got to keep worshiping God. I got to keep praising him. He said, look at Saul, Paul. Paul prayed three times for that bone in the flesh to be removed. But he said, my grace, my strength, I'm going to strengthen you, Rosalind, to go through this. You just got to trust me. So he, I said, Lord, I said, I know, I know this came from you because I know that all things are in your control. So whatever you decide, Lord God, apparently you know more than I do about me, what I can bear. I said, just give me the strength. Give me peace. Give me peace, Lord, to be able to go through this without fear, a doubt, or questioning you. And I tell you, he strengthened me. He strengthened me to be able to not fear. I didn't know anything about cancer. I knew there was something I didn't want. <laughs> I knew I didn't want it. And I remember watching two lovely sisters at West End at the time had a battle with cancer. And one sister, it was ugly. And I sat by her bedside. And in my spirit, I said, never, never. She went through chemo after chemo after chemo. It turned her Black at tar, her hands dark, and she laid in that bed and said, Ross, she said, I'm so afraid, I'm so afraid. And I prayed with her, I ministered to her, and she lost her bout of cancer. So it instilled in my spirit to not do chemo, not knowing down the road I was going to be called, I was going to be called to go through that same, same experience. So when I was diagnosed, I knew off the bat that I wasn't going to do chemo. And because of the type of cancer I had, I didn't have to do radiation. So when I'm explaining to my doctors, I'm not doing chemo. Miss Anderson, you must do chemo. You have to do chemo. We, want, we don't want you to die. We don't want the cancer to come back again. I said, I don't either. But I believe in my God. I believe that he is the healer. That he going to deliver me. Because he put in my spirit not to do the chemo. Now, he didn't tell me, he didn't reveal to me at the time, how are we going to do this? But he said, don't do that. So I had to trust him. I had to trust him. So I'm in the bed one day, and um, I'm getting a little frustrated because I had lost a lot of weight. Because I knew what I couldn't eat or what I shouldn't eat. Because what I knew at that time my lack of, the little knowledge that I had was that the food that I was eating, the cancer uh, feed on certain kind of food. So I knew that I couldn't eat certain food, but I didn't know what to eat. So the weight kept dropping. I mean, I was down to like 116. And people, my doctor was like, Miss Anderson, you, you know, I'm going through um, reconstruction at the time. And, you know, he said, you know, you, you're real small, Miss Anderson. Your frame is just so fragile. I said, the weight going to come back on. I'm not worried about the weight, you know. Just let me go through this process. And that process, Lord have mercy, was the hardest thing. The surgery was okay. You know, because what they did, they cut, operated on me, took the tumors out. And when I woke up in the recovery room, 
I heard the the nurse sitting by my um, bed, Miss Anderson, Miss Anderson, wake up, Miss Anderson, wake up, Miss Anderson. So when I finally came to, I felt like someone had st- stood on top of me with razors, just cut my inside open. I started screaming. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, what, oh Lord, oh Lord, what happened? What, what, what did they do to me, Lord? Oh, it was so painful. So they put me back under. When I woke up again, I was in my room. But the most painful thing that I had to go through was the reconstruction, the process. Week after week, I had to go back to my doctor's office for my reconstruction. And that was the hardest thing for me to go through. And at one point, I did break down. I said, Lord, I can't do this. I can't do this. And my friend, she said, Rosalind, you can do this. God is going to always have somebody there to encourage you. And she was, she was my ministering angel. Hebrews says, are they not all ministering angels? Hallelujah. Are they not all ministering angels to help, to, to minister to the call? And God put her in place for me. And she helped me. She walked me through that process. So as I went through my um, healing process, I'm in bed one day trying to figure out what to eat. I said, Lord, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to eat. I said, I need you. I say, I know that you are my source and the earth is your resources. Give me the wisdom, the knowledge, and the, the, the resources to make an intelligent decision. With my food. One thing I didn't tell you guys when I was sitting on my mom's sofa, that God told me, He said, I don't want you to keep this to yourself because I was a very private person. He said, I want you to tell people, tell everybody about how I healed you. So I went to my congregation and I made the announcement I was um, diagnosed with stage three breast cancer. And um, when I made the announcement, People came out of the woods sharing their stories. And this one brother from Jamaica told me about some herbs and things that I can, healing, natural healings that I can take to heal my body. And one sister from Atlanta, Carla Williams, bless her heart, she gave me this book called Chris Beat Cancer. And she told me, go to his website. And I learned from Chris how to eat. And so therefore, and then I start going on YouTube. Plethora of information. It's public information, my friend. And I'm not the first one who was able to heal her body through nutritional Dietary lifestyle. Because food is our medicine and medicine is our food. Food is your medicine or food can be your poison. You can eat for your health or you can eat for your death. You have a blue pill. You have a what? Red pill. You choose. And I made the choice to eat to live. So from... My affliction, I gave birth to my nutritional business, my ministry. I was called for my affliction today to educate, equip, and empower others to invest and to take charge of their personal health and wellness through nutritional plant-based dietary yeah, Sister Roz, again, thank you so much for sharing your story. And as you were sharing your story, I, I thought about, wow, you know, God delivered you. You went through your test for, for a reason. And I started to think about other people 
that's going through their situations. Uh, and, and one in particular is one that you mentioned. You mentioned Job. Uh, when Job lost all his kids and he got sick and his friends thought he did some against God. But yet it wasn't until Job prayed for his friends and then he got his deliverance. So when you was going through what you was going through, what was the lesson that you learned behind that? Obviously, we know what Job's lesson was, but what was yours? What did you get out of this um, from God? Because obviously you say, you say God says, you know, this is not unto death. But when God delivered you, what was your spiritual lesson? That's a good question. That's a good question. I believe that my lesson was, first of all, to trust God. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It's going to be okay. Trouble don't last always. And the lesson that I learned also was that when our trials and tribulation come, and it was like, I grew up always feeling like I had this dark cloud over me. I always felt that, uh, I always felt alone, felt like God didn't love me. And and sometimes when we think when so-called bad things happen to us, that God doesn't love us. God proved to me, he, actually, I feel like I'm one of his favorites because of that. You look at Mary, woman highly favored, but yet she's having a child, as they would say, uh, out of wedlock. Brought shame upon her. And my lesson for me was for God, for me to show others. Don't, don't be, don't be, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And don't stop worshiping God. Don't allow your circumstances to suffocate your praises. Praise them through your circumstance. Job said, yet, though I'm afflicted, I'm going to wait for my change to come. And God taught me how to trust him. That's my lesson, to trust him. Because I have been through some things. I've been through some things. But yet I trust God through them all. Amen. Oh, um, I want you to share with us uh, your your nutritional business now, um, because, of course, your 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 greatest advocacy is for us to heal our bodies through nutrition. Right. Um, And that was something that God showed you through your process going through your journey was how food was going to heal the body Uh, a lot, especially in the black community. Right. Because we love our ham hocks. We love (laughs) You know, we love our uh, mac and cheese. We love all these, you know, things. And the doctors a lot of times will tell us, hey, you need to cut down, cut all that stuff out. That's not good for you. But I want you to share with us um, when you went through this journey of healing your body. I mean, you didn't take chemo. A lot of people like that are diagnosed with cancer, the First thing they do is sign up for the chemotherapy and the radiation. You did none of that and you were healed. God healed you through food, number one, through his miraculous healing powers. And number two, teaching you what foods to put into your body to heal your body. So share that with our listeners. And then after that, once you're done, I want you to share. If you could talk to your younger self, what would you share with her? Once you're done sharing your nutritional, then share the, um, what would you tell your younger self? Okay, first of all, I have to tell people that um, the food that I stopped eating, mac and cheese you mentioned, I love me some mac and cheese. I love me some fried Popeye chicken. I didn't stop eating these foods because I didn't love them or like them. They didn't love and like me back. And I decided to stop loving people and stop loving things that didn't love me back. For me, personally. And because I, what I have learned, food is information to our body. Okay? So when the food goes into our body, it, this body, when the stomach say, I am fearfully and wonderfully made, that's an understatement. And what I have, lear- what I have learned about this wonderful creation 
This, this image that we're in, this body of that God created us. Oh, it is so amazing. It's so amazing. Praise God. Praise God. And so I've learned that the diseases we are experiencing is a dietary lifestyle. It's because of a dietary lifestyle. It's because of what we're eating. That's number one, what I learned. So I had, I had to shift that, okay? And so um, the food that um, we choose to eat are now intentionally designed to make us addicted to it. Sugar is in everything, okay? So what I do, I teach, I teach and try to educate people about the food industry, about the medical industry, how um, when you are initially diagnosed with cancer, chemo is your um, treatment. And when I went to my oncologist and asked her, because um, that's one of the process you have to go through, you have to go through your surgeon, my plastic surgeon, and then my oncologist. So I'm sitting in her office and asking her, well, um, what are my options? She said, well, we can, do, we can do chemo. I said, okay. I said, well, what other options? She said, well, you got three options that I'm going to give with you, give to you to take home, and you can decide which one you want to do. All three options were a form of chemo. And and then I read the side effects, but see you see you see with nutrition, a plant based diet there's no side effects. There's no side effects. The side effects is that you can lose weight. The side effect is that your body is healed. The side effect from eating right that you are healthy. Okay, so this is what I educate my people, and also um, am a personal chef. So I come into the home and I cook the meals for them. I, I create meal plans, a weekly meal plans that um, they can also um, themselves prepare the food. It has the, the recipes with the instructions and I'm um, available. If they have any questions, they need me to help them to walk through the, um, the menus. I'm able to do that with them. And I have had clients who have come off of their uh, high blood pressure medication. Okay, so I know it works. Not only for me, but I have witnesses, eyewitnesses, as I call them, who can testify that when you eat right, the body going to do right by you. Okay? Now, what was the other question? If you had, uh, if you could tell your younger self, um, something and in a sense of like this journey that you were on, what would you tell your younger selves or tell our audience basically, like how would you encourage them? What words would you deposit into their spirit when they listen to this? Like Rosin said, da, 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 da. I want you to share with our audience what that would be. Okay. I'm going to sit my little young self right here. Okay. Rosalind. This is the seven-year-old Rosalind. Rosalind, you are a beautiful black child. And don't you let nobody tell you differently. I want you to know that you are loved. And you are worthy of love, Rosalind. You don't have anything to prove to anybody. God has deposited into you your own personal gift. You are able to do anything you put your mind to, Rosalind. Stop doubting yourself. Don't doubt yourself, Rosalind. Don't compare yourself to anyone. And don't you ever, ever give up. It, it was good. It, you know, just sitting back and just listening to your story, Rosalind, I mean, like I mentioned, you know, there's so many things that we could have said 
um, over the course of this interview. And we just sat back and just let you just share your story, which is sometimes is needed. And again, Adney, I thank you again for conducting the interview. And no, Aflac is not sponsored by this show, nor uh, Chris B. Cancer. So if y'all listening to it, Chris or Aflac, if y'all want to sponsor this show, we, we're open to donations as well. But um, Rosin, Sister Rosin, I thank you so much for your transparency because obviously there there might be somebody out there that's going through it. And I'm sure when they listen to this episode, it's going to give them hope and encouragement that God will and that God can. So with all that being said, uh, Sister uh, Rosin, I want you to share with our listeners uh, where can they reach you? Do you have a website, email address, uh, whatever your business, how can they reach your business? Could you share that with them right now? Yes. Um, right now... I am only on Facebook. Um, you can find me at um, Optimal Nutrition Experience One O N E on Facebook. Or you can also contact me at six seven eight six five zero nine seven eight eight. I welcome your call. Amen. Yeah, we're going to include all of those uh, in the in the show notes as well. Anything you want to add, Annie? Before we go, I'm just I'm 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 just I'm just in awe of Sister Rosalyn because just to share your story, um, a lot of times it's, it's difficult for people to share what they've gone through, but you took us on a journey. You literally took us on a journey with you, and I appreciate that. And I thank you for saying yes to the Call by God podcast to come and share your story. And I know you've blessed me, so I definitely know someone else is going to be blessed. Thank you, my dear sister. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right, world. So that's it for now. Sister Anderson shared her powerful God-given story. So just remember that Jesus Christ is the healer and he's the Lord of Lord and the King of Kings. That's it for now. But before we go, please continue to listen, subscribe, and share our podcast. Also, if you want to support our show, please scroll down to the bottom of the show notes and click on the link that says buy me a coffee. We would greatly appreciate it. Thank you for listening. And remember, God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. And also, Jesus Christ loves you. Thank you. Wait, there's more. What if today was your last day on earth? Would you be ready to meet your maker? Well, Jesus Christ has given us the good news. He told his disciples in Mark 16, 15, 16, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Jesus Christ has instructed his children to share and preach the gospel, which is the good news, which means that Jesus Christ came and that he was sacrificed. He was buried and he rose on the third day by believing and by repenting and confessing and being baptized. You will be saved. So it is your choice. Jesus Christ will not force you. You've heard the message. You heard personal testimonies. But this is your opportunity to give your life to Christ. Don't wait until tomorrow, because tomorrow is not promised. So I hope you submit to the will of God and give your soul to Christ. Be blessed.